Long Arrow had been walking for days, making his way south across the plains. A childhood spent as a deaf pariah on the outskirts of the tribe had prepared him for many things, but the solitude of the plains was not one of them. This was a different kind of loneliness. This was the loneliness of being the only human for miles. His only companion was his loyal pack dog. I know, girl. Not been this cold in a long time. Long Arrow stopped and looked around. He'd set out on his journey for the elk dog four days ago, but so far there had been no sign of the creature, just miles upon miles of dead grass. The wind and the cold wore down on him. Doubt began to creep in. He remembered the stories of the warriors past who had undertaken this journey, never to return. It was possible that he would soon join their ranks, just as it was possible that the elk dog was no more than a legend. Long Arrow heard the laughter of his tribesmen echo through his mind, taunting him with his oldest fear that he was worthless, that he didn't belong with the tribe, that he didn't deserve their respect. He tried to push the fear down, but it was getting harder. He desperately needed a break. Here, girl. Let's get you out of that pack and rest. Hey! Come back here! The dog took off, chasing something unseen. Long Arrow chased after his sole companion, falling further and further behind. Stop! As Long Arrow came to the top of the ridge, he stopped dead in his tracks. His dog wasn't running away, it was running toward a small lake. Long Arrow's heart jumped into his throat at the sight of the water. This had to be it, he thought, the great mystery lake, home of the elk dog. Maybe he wasn't worthless after all. Welcome to Mythology, a ParCast original. Every Tuesday, we present dramatic stories from ancient mythology and explore their origins. I'm your host and narrator, Vanessa Richardson. You can find all episodes of Mythology and all other ParCast originals for free on Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. To stream Mythology for free on Spotify, just open the app and type Mythology in the search bar. At ParCast, we're grateful for you, our listeners. You allow us to do what we love. Let us know how we're doing. Reach out on Facebook and Instagram at ParCast and Twitter at ParCast Network. Today, we're concluding the Blackfoot legend of the orphan boy and the elk dog, following Long Arrow on his journey to become the first Native American to tame a horse. Hear that? It's the sound of someone whacking the ground with a rake. Specifically, they're beating around the bush, which we've done enough of in this ad too, so let's get right to it. The new Moneymaker scratch-off from the Ohio Lottery doesn't beat around the bush. Money Maker. Play the game and you could win money, up to $2 million. With more than $88 million in prizes, ranging from $50 to $500, Moneymaker cuts right to the cash. 
Lottery players are subject to Ohio laws and commission regulations. Play responsibly. It feels like we're all being told to go on this diet, take that supplement. Ozempic will give you depression, but you know what'll cure that? Weed. Or you could try to balance your hormones. At Science Versus, we're like, what the f*** is going on? Forget the crap online and listen to Science Versus. Just the facts. Oh, and a bunch of stupid jokes. What is a ghost's favorite fruit? Booberries. That's Science VS. New season out on Spotify soon. After spending his childhood living in the dirt and eating scraps, Long Arrow had been adopted by Chief Goodrunning and his wife, known as Grandma. Goodrunning trained Long Arrow to be a great warrior, but Long Arrow felt he needed to do something to gain the respect of the tribe. He wanted to show them that he was more than a feral child. Then Good Running told Long Arrow the legend of the Pono Kamita, the elk dog, beasts of unmatched beauty and speed. No warrior had ever managed to tame the creatures or bring them back. Long Arrow was determined to be the first. While Long Arrow marched across the plains, Good Running was back at the tribe. He began to doubt if he ever should have sent his adopted grandchild out on such an arduous journey. We will see our grandson again, Good Running. I want to believe you, but I have a sinking feeling that I've sent Long Arrow out to die. We don't even know if the elk dog is anything more than legend. It has only been four days. You're the one who constantly spoke of his abilities who told me that you've never seen a hunter like him. He's never faced anything like this. Out there in the open plains, he's all alone. As a babe, he survived our scorn, our hatred, living off of scraps and his own hardy spirit. If anybody is going to find the elk dog, it's Long Arrow. I hope you're right. Good Running exited the teepee, the guilt of sending Long Arrow off on this journey weighing heavily upon him. He walked to the edge of the camp and stared out at the horizon, still worried. Meanwhile, Long Arrow stared down at the picturesque pond tucked into the valley. He'd gone back for the travoy, and upon crossing the ridge for a second time, he saw something new. Down by the water's edge stood a strange-looking woman. At least he thought it was a woman. He hadn't seen another human since he had left the tribe. Maybe his eyes were playing tricks on him. Hello? The stranger didn't move or say a word. She just stared out at the still water. Long Arrow called out again. Hello? Who are you? The stranger still did not respond. Long Arrow wasn't sure what to make of this wild-haired woman, but he had to speak to her. If this was the Great Mystery Lake, she might have knowledge about the elk dog. Long Arrow pulled his shield from the pack and slowly made his way toward the stranger. Long Arrow kept his eyes on the stranger's back as he approached. He got within a stone's throw of her when she suddenly put her hand in the air. Long Arrow stopped and raised his shield, ready for whatever came next. The stranger turned and faced Long Arrow. Her bright eyes pierced through her dark, ragged hair. 
She looked wild and feral, not unlike Long Arrow in his youth. Why have you come here? I have come for the elk dog. The elk dog? You should speak to my uncle. He might be able to help you. Of course he might not. Where can I find your uncle? Keep going south for 16 days. There you'll find a lake much bigger than my pond. My uncle will decide if he'll help you once you get there. After walking for four days already, Long Arrow was dejected at the thought of another 16-day trek ahead of him with no guarantee of an answer. But if he wanted to prove himself, it's what he had to do. Thank you. Who are you? The spirit of the pond. The spirit slowly walked into the shallow water until she completely disappeared from sight. It was already late in the afternoon, but Long Arrow couldn't afford to waste daylight. He hitched the Travoy back up to his dog and headed south. Come on, girl. Let's go. Long Arrow trudged on, day and night. He marched up steep mountains and down into deep canyons. He walked hours on end, only sleeping when his body completely gave out. But each day he got up with the sun and headed out. The first week passed and the weather began to change. The freezing cold gave way to icy rain. On days when the clouds let up, he had nothing to protect him from the sun. The terrain and the elements took a toll not only on Long Arrow's body, but his equipment. Uh, ow! Long Arrow looked down at his foot. After two weeks of walking, his moccasins had come apart. If he was going to complete the journey, he'd have to do it barefoot. He looked at the path behind him, but he couldn't turn back now. He would reach the lake soon. He talked to his dog for comfort. I've been barefoot before, right girl? I can make it the rest of the way without my moccasins. But his feet ached. He felt every stone and thorn. On the 16th day, Long Arrow came to a mountain, its steep hills covered with pine trees, and its forest floor covered with pine cones. Ow! Ow! The pine cones crunched Ow. under his bare feet. Pain shot through his body with every step, but he knew he had to be close. He pushed himself harder than ever. Finally, Long Arrow reached the top of the mountain. Down below, surrounded on all sides by the pine-covered mountains, was a lake bigger than he'd ever seen. Long Arrow and his dog took off running for the lake. He scanned the water's edge, looking for the spirit of the lake, but he saw no one. They came to a stop on the lake shore. Long Arrow tried to catch his breath, Hello? A shadow fell across Long Arrow. The air around him changed. Long Arrow spun around. A monstrous figure towered over him, twice the size of any Blackfoot. His face was menacing and grotesque, like something from a nightmare. In one great hand, he grasped a giant spear with a gleaming, razor-sharp flint point. Easy, girl. 
The tall man stooped down until they were nose to nose. Long Arrow felt the giant's hot breath on his face. Coming up, Long Arrow faces down the tall man's spirit. And now, back to our story. After weeks of traveling through the wilderness in search of the elk dog, Long Arrow found himself face to face with an eight-foot-tall monster. He swallowed his fear, not wanting to provoke the beast. At long last, the tall man broke the silence. Why are you here, young one? I am looking for the elk dog. The spirit of the pond sent me. The impossibly tall man sneered at him, but Long Arrow didn't budge. He wouldn't show his emotions. The tall man again poked Long Arrow with the spear. Are you not afraid of me? Long Arrow was definitely afraid of the tall man, but he couldn't show it. He had walked for nearly three weeks, the last two days barefoot. He wasn't going to admit defeat now, so he stared right back at him, refusing to look away. Did you not hear me, boy? I asked, are you not afraid of me? No, I am not. The tall man stood all the way up, once again towering over Long Arrow. A wide, crazed grin spread across his face. I like small humans that aren't afraid, but I cannot help you. The elk dog is not here, but my grandfather knows all about the elk dogs. If you can make it that far, I, I doubt you will. And if you do, I doubt he will help you. But you can ask him. Walk south for 16 days and you will have an answer. The tall man walked past Long Arrow without another word. He walked into the lake, disappearing into the bottom of the water. Long Arrow was crushed. He had come all this way, traveled for weeks, just to be told his answer was even further away. He looked down at his dirty, bleeding feet, then at his travoy, which was getting lighter by the day. He wondered if he could make his dwindling supplies last another 16 days. His dog had found a spot in the shade and seemed content to stay there. Long Arrow felt the same, but he had made a promise. He had to find the elk dog. Let's go, girl. Long Arrow and his dog walked back up the pine-covered mountains, continuing south. Days turned into weeks. The rations disappeared. He barely slept, obsessed at the thought of finding the true Great Mystery Lake and the spirit that could lead him to the elk dog. As the sun rose on the 16th day, Long Arrow was near death. His dog wasn't doing much better, and as the landscape transitioned from darkness to light, Long Arrow's eyes widened with dread. Snow-capped mountains reached into the sky before him, daring him to continue. Long Arrow stared at the mountains. He knew that he barely possessed the strength to continue on flatland. Certain death awaited him. Come on, girl. Just a little bit further. It has to be. 
The dog dutifully followed along, as weak as her master. Long Arrow knew that they had to reach their destination soon. After all, it had been 16 days. When the sun began to disappear behind the mountains, a faint sound grew in the distance. Water. The mere sound of running water gave Long Arrow new life. The pair struggled, every step a labor on its own, but he knew he was close to something. The sound grew louder. Was it a creek? A river? Oh my. Waterfalls, tall and majestic, fell from the mountains into a crystal clear lake. It had to be miles wide. It was a scene of breathtaking beauty, like something from a dream. Long Arrow crossed a lush meadow, looking for the spirit of the lake. But there was no one there to meet him this time. No stranger or monstrous creature. He was all alone. Hello? Is anyone here? Long Arrow turned in a circle, looking for any sign of life. Surely somebody was there to meet him. Frantic, his heart raced. He went up and down the shoreline and called for help. He pleaded with the spirits, terrified at the thought that his journey had been for naught. Anybody, speak to me. But he heard nothing but his own voice echoing off the mountains. Long Arrow couldn't believe it. He'd come all this way for nothing. The other warriors had been right. Long Arrow was nothing. A feral child, not worth saving. As the sun set over the mountains, he saw no reason to go on. <laughs> Exhaustion finally took over. Long Arrow collapsed to the ground, completely overwhelmed. His dog curled up next to him, every bit as tired as her master. The two immediately fell asleep without bothering to set up camp. Long Arrow awoke the next day with the sun already high above him. He had slept through the entire morning. <laughs> Long Arrow sprang to his feet. Standing in front of him was a smiling boy. Hello. The boy didn't move, just smiled at Long Arrow. He wore a brilliant white buckskin robe, festooned with rainbow-color porcupine quills. Long Arrow had never seen anything quite like this boy. Am I dead? No. You seemed very tired, though. I didn't want to disturb you. Who are you? My grandfather has been expecting you. He's invited you to the lodge. It's a high honor. Follow me. Long Arrow watched as the boy turned and walked across the field toward the crystal-clear water of the lake. The boy stopped and waved for Long Arrow to follow him. Long Arrow unpacked his shield and his grandfather's bow. He wasn't sure what awaited him, but he wanted to be prepared. He leaned down to the dog, which was still resting. He gave her a pat. Stay here, girl. Guard the Travoy. Long Arrow followed the boy to the edge of the water. The boy looked to Long Arrow and smiled. <gasps> Long Arrow watched in amazement as the boy transformed into a bright blue kingfisher bird. Long nose, crown of wild feathers and all. 
the kingfisher stared at Long Arrow and chirped. Then the kingfisher flapped its wings and flew out to the middle of the lake. It circled for a moment, making sure Long Arrow knew where it was. And then the kingfisher dove straight into the water. Long Arrow wasn't sure what to do. There was no way he could swim that far. Frustrated, he called out to the lake. I can't follow you in there. I'll drown. Long Arrow got no response. Not that he'd expected one. There was no way he would be able to follow the kingfisher all the way to the bottom of the lake. He stood back up and looked at the majestic lake in front of him. This was the end of the line. I gave up my life the moment I left the tribe. I knew what awaited me. I will return with the elk dog or die. Long Arrow took a few steps back and took off in a sprint toward the water. He leapt, ready to face his destiny. Ah! Long Arrow soared toward the water, ready to swim to the lodge or die trying. But something incredible happened. He didn't hit the water at all. The water parted before Long Arrow, and he landed on the dry lake bed. He reached down and felt the sandy bottom of the lake in his hand. None of this made any sense, but Long Arrow didn't have time to ask questions. He needed to get to the lodge. He followed the slope of the bed down toward the center of the lake. There, in the middle of a large, flat valley, stood a giant teepee. Bright red paintings of strange animals, the likes of which he had never seen, adorned the walls of the teepee. Long Arrow examined them, wondering if these could be the elk dog. He slowly approached the entrance, taking in the entire surreal scene. Long Arrow looked to the top of the teepee, and there, resting, sat the kingfisher. It flew down from his perch and landed at the doorway to the teepee. Before Long Arrow's eyes, the bird transformed back into the boy from the lake's edge. He's waiting for you. Long Arrow followed the boy inside. To his astonishment, it was much larger on the inside than it had appeared on the outside, and even more beautiful. The walls were adorned with more of the painted animals, as well as elaborate shields and weapons. But Long Arrow's attention quickly fixed on the man sitting at the back of the teepee. The old man had long white hair and was draped in a full-length black robe. A strange glow seemed to emanate from him. Long Arrow knew immediately that this was the Great One, the spirit of the Great Mystery Lake. Come, eat. Long Arrow sat down next to the Great One as his wife, a strong and elegant-looking woman, brought in a bounty of food, all manner of buffalo and deer meat, including delicacies of tongue and liver. There was duck and goose and bowls full of berries. After nearly starving to death on the open plains, Long Arrow couldn't resist. He dove in and tried everything. Not since his first meal with Good Running could Long Arrow recall a dinner so delicious. Once Long Arrow had his fill of the decadent spread, 
the Great One lit the ceremonial pipe and passed it to Long Arrow. The two shared the pipe and prayed. Many warriors came before you. Some did not make it to the first pond. Others were turned back by the tall spirit, overcome with fear. A couple made it all the way to my water's edge, but the deep water intimidated them. But not you, Long Arrow. You jumped right in. Because of your singular bravery, I will allow you to meet the Elk Dog. The Great One pointed to the boy, who waved for Long Arrow to follow him out. Long Arrow's chest filled with anticipation. It was finally time for him to see a real Elk Dog. Coming up, Long Arrow discovers what he must do to bring home the Elk Dog. And now back to our story. After weeks of travel, an emaciated Long Arrow finally reached the Great Mystery Lake. The spirit of the lake, the Great One, took him in and fed him. After commending him on his bravery, the Great One sent Long Arrow out to finally see the Elk Dogs. Long Arrow followed the boy out into a field. A tear came to his eye. He couldn't believe what he was looking at. This can't be real. It was a herd of the creatures painted on the Great One's teepee. They were unspeakably beautiful, with coats of glossy fur and long, flowing manes. They were tall and powerful, muscular and strong. Yet from a single look, Long Arrow could see that they were strangely gentle. Ponokamita, the elk dog. Now, watch me. You must do exactly as I do if you want to tame the elk dog. The largest of the creatures, black as night and bigger than any elk, ran by the boy. In one quick move, the boy reached up, grabbed a hold of its neck, and swung himself onto its back. Long Arrow watched as the boy rode across the field on the back of the elk dog. He had never seen anything move so gracefully. The boy circled back around, pulling the stallion up right in front of Long Arrow. He dismounted, but still held it steady. Now it's your turn. Long Arrow carefully approached the animal, unsure of what might come next. His heart raced as he reached up and flung himself onto the stallion's back. The moment Long Arrow was on top, the elk dog took off in a sprint. A rush of adrenaline shot through Long Arrow's body as the wind blew back his hair. After all of the trials of the last month, the endless walking, the unspeakable hunger, crossing a mountain barefoot, Long Arrow had found what he was looking for. He wanted to ride the elk dog forever, but the boy waved for him to come back in. Long Arrow circled his steed and headed back. The boy held the elk dog as Long Arrow dismounted. I've never experienced anything like it. It was like I was flying. These animals are a blessing, Long Arrow. If you want to leave here with the elk dogs, you need to listen to me. Tell me. I'll do whatever needs to be done. The robe of the Great One drags the ground. He doesn't want you to see his feet. But if you do, 
You can ask anything of him. Anything? Anything. Ask him for his rainbow quilled belt, his black robe, and this elk dog herd. But you must see his feet. Otherwise, you will leave here empty-handed. Thank you. Good luck. The boy hopped on the elk dog and rode away as Long Arrow turned and made his way back to the Great One's teepee. He wasn't sure how he was going to pull this off, but he knew he had to if he wanted to bring back the elk dog. The Great One welcomed Long Arrow to stay with him and continued to feed him and let him ride the elk dogs as much as he wanted. But try as he might, Long Arrow could never get a glimpse of the Great One's feet. He tried to catch him getting out of bed, but the Great One rarely slept. He tried to steal a look while the Great One worked, but the long robe never moved enough to offer even a glimpse. One day passed, then another, then another. No matter what scenario Long Arrow tried to trap him in, the Great One was always extremely careful to hide his feet. Long Arrow grew frustrated, but he remained diligent. Finally, on the fourth day, the Great One was on his way out of the teepee when his robe caught on the entryway. <gasps> Great One! Long Arrow couldn't believe his eyes. The Great One's feet weren't feet at all. They were hooves. His legs were the legs of a horse. The Great One looked down, realizing his mistake. He quickly covered back up and walked toward Long Arrow. Well, it must be fate. Tell me, what can I give you and do not be timid? Long Arrow proudly told the Great One exactly what he wanted. Your rainbow belt, your black robe, and a herd of your elk dog. <laughs> Certainly not timid. Very well, Long Arrow. You can have it all, except for my herd. But... You may have half of my herd, if you can catch them. Catch them? Yes. Now listen carefully. You need the magic in my robe and my belt to capture the elk dogs. On quiet nights, you will hear the belt talking to you. It will teach you the prayer of the elk dog. You must learn it if you want to prosper. I will, Great One. And always wear the robe when you go out to catch them. The elk dog won't be able to see you. You must leave here and walk north for four days, never looking back. Always looking to the north. And be sure to wear the belt and the robe at all times. On the fourth day, my elk dogs will walk up beside you. And then use this to catch them. The Great One held out one final gift, a long rope made from the hair of a white buffalo. Once the rope is around the elk dog, you can ride it all the way home. If you lose the robe, you will lose the elk dogs as well. I understand, Great One. Thank you for everything. I won't let my people down. I know you won't. You rose from the dirt for a reason. Now, go. You have a long journey ahead. 
Long Arrow took the robe and the belt from the Great One and wrapped it around his body. He was ready to bring the elk dogs back to the Blackfoot. The Great One's wife handed Long Arrow a pack of food and sent him on his way. Waiting for him outside the teepee was the boy in Kingfisher form. The Kingfisher led Long Arrow back to the surface. His dog was patiently waiting for him by the water's edge. Hey girl, are you hungry? Long Arrow fed his dog and loaded up the travoy. Without looking back, he started his walk north. On the fourth day, Long Arrow heard the sound of thunder rumbling from behind. But it wasn't a storm approaching. It was the herd of elk dogs charging toward him. His breath and heartbeat quickened. Everything had led to this moment. The elk dog caught up with Long Arrow, and before he knew it, he was in the middle of the herd as they galloped past him. Front, back, and sides, they were all around him. Through the chaos, one particular elk dog caught his eye, the black one that he rode in the field. Long Arrow pulled out the rope made from the white buffalo and threw it around the neck of the black stallion. Long Arrow heaved himself on top of the elk dog. He had caught one. The stallion obeyed his commands, and soon enough he was able to catch a second one with the rope to carry the dog's pack. His dog ran around the herd, pushing them forward. Soon, all of the creatures were in line, following Long Arrow and his black stallion. The return trip home was considerably easier. He covered twice the ground in half the time, and before he knew it, Long Arrow saw smoke in the distance. The sun was setting as he approached the camp, and on the outskirts, he came upon a young warrior. The warrior took one look at Long Arrow upon the black stallion and mistook him for a monster. He ran as fast as he could through the camp, screaming at everyone about the half-man, half-beast that was attacking their camp. The Blackfeet all ran and hid. No, wait! Please, come back! I have good news! In his teepee, Goodrunning jumped at the sound of Long Arrow's voice outside. After all this time, his grandson was finally home. He ran out of his teepee. Grandfather! Good running stopped in his tracks. Tears welled up in his eyes as he looked at Long Arrow atop his black steed. It had been nearly two months since Long Arrow left the tribe. Not only was he alive, he had captured the elk dog. We thought you were dead. C can it be? Is this truly the Ponokamita? Long Arrow jumped off the black stallion and walked it to his grandfather. Good Running ran his hand through its mane in astonishment. One by one, the other members of the tribe came out of their teepees, gawking at the beautiful creatures. Not only amazed that the animals were real, but that it was Long Arrow that brought them to the tribe. All the warriors that had previously ridiculed him now hailed Long Arrow as a hero. The journey was a success. For the first time in his life, Long Arrow felt the respect of the tribe. 
As Long Arrow watched his grandfather, he saw the joy in Good Running's eyes and felt his heart swell. He might have left home to gain the acceptance of his peers, but now that he was back, he realized how little it meant compared to being reunited with his family. He reached out and grasped Good Running's shoulder. I would be dead if it wasn't for you. The rest of the tribe was content to abandon me, to leave a deaf orphan boy alone in the wilderness. But not you. I can never repay you for what you did for me. You don't have to. I will keep the two black stallions. I think they'll make a nice herd. But the rest are yours. Long Arrow, I, I, I can't. What will I do with this many elk dogs? Trade them, sell them, give them away. You're the greatest chief the Blackfoot have ever known. They are here because you trusted me to bring them back. I trust you to know what to do with them. Long Arrow, you have done something truly great. Good Running was stunned. Long Arrow had brought the elk dog to the Blackfoot. Soon, every warrior in the tribe had their own horse, and Long Arrow taught them all how to ride and to hunt. Under his leadership, the Blackfeet became the most skilled riders of all the tribes, hunting buffalo with an unrivaled proficiency. Later on, Good Running encouraged Long Arrow to take them back to the Great Mystery Lake to find more horses, so he did. But they didn't find a boy or a kingfisher. There was no teepee at the bottom of the lake, and the water wouldn't part for Long Arrow. It was just a lake. The Blackfeet were one of the last tribes in the United States to gain the use of horses, but the legend mirrored historical fact. They were remarkable riders. The Blackfeet expanded their land and hunting areas, and by the mid-18th century, they dominated the Great Plains from Saskatchewan, Canada, down the Rockies and into Wyoming. They prospered, and their numbers expanded throughout the middle of the century. By the turn of the 19th century, however, things began to unravel for the Blackfoot. The overhunting of buffalo by colonizers had greatly reduced their main means of survival, and smallpox had wiped out a huge portion of their population. What was once a conference of tribes that covered thousands of miles and had more than 15,000 members was now a fraction of that size. Today, the Blackfoot Reservation sits on the edge of the Rocky Mountains and Glacier National Park in northern Montana, near the Canadian border. The 1.5 million acre reservation is just a small portion of what they once called home. Thanks again for tuning in to Mythology. You can find more episodes of Mythology and all other ParCast originals for free on Spotify. Not only does Spotify already have all of your favorite music, but now Spotify is making it easy for you to enjoy all of your favorite ParCast originals, like Mythology, for free, from your phone, desktop, or smart speaker. To stream Mythology on Spotify, just open the app and type Mythology in the search bar. If you enjoy mythology, you'll love my other podcast, Tales. 
Tales presents fairy tales the way they were originally told, orally and unadulterated. Traditional fairy tales aren't exactly suitable for children, and every Wednesday we dive into another dark classic tale. And don't forget to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Parcast and Twitter at Parcast Network. We'll be back next week with another epic tale. Mythology is a Spotify original from Parcast. Executive producers include Max and Ron Cutler. Sound designed by Carrie Murphy, with production assistance by Ron Shapiro, Nick Johnson, Trent Williamson, Carly Madden, and Paul Mahler. This episode of Mythology was written by Jesse Harris, edited by Greg Castro, and produced by Freddie Beckley and Isabella Way. The amazing cast of voice actors includes Tiana Camacho, Harris Markson, Dan Velasquez, and Charlie Wess. I'm Vanessa Richardson. 